Hey everybody, welcome to Dead or Survive, and I am your host, Rob Riches. I'm your other host, Cheryl Riches. How have you been? Feeling better? I am, yeah. I, I finally have a little bit of energy left. That was the worst part for me, as I was tired all the time. So if you're not sure what we're talking about, um, we were both tested positive for COVID. Um, kind of got lucky, I guess, compared to some other people. Like, well, A, we didn't die, <laughs> yeah. but B, um, uh what i don't know it was like a it was like a flu like yeah, have to go. yeah i don't know was, i was only a couple days cheryl was it was pretty forward. short-lived except for the tiredness that hung on for a while and you can probably tell that we have a little more energy doing it this yeah. time <laughs> last time the podcast was like yeah, yeah uh-huh, we're doing it just because i would rather be dead i'd rather be sleeping yeah yeah so anyways we are covid survivors uh, <laughs> that's funny what? that's funny well it's true it's true but i think i think that the omicron isn't the one that was like wiping people out so we got lucky with the omicron right yeah and like i said i mean with everything going on in the world and everybody else that has been hit with it like it sucks that you know people have passed away and stuff from it however yeah um we can only do what we have learned and move on from there and try to continue to do what we can to keep everybody safe. Yeah. Happy and uh, keep progressing forward without our masks and yes, opening stuff up and getting the economy going and getting people out there and, um, you know, starting to live life again and get the mental health going again. Cause I think that's yeah. a huge hit as well. We got some good mental health today. Didn't we? We got some sun, all that vitamin D. I put on over a thousand kilometers on the bike this weekend, and I'll tell you the best ride I ever had was Saturday. You shut your face. Shut your face. Why? <laughs> because you're just gonna say that because I wasn't there. So not only were you not there, <laughs> I got the cruise at whatever speed I wanted. <laughs> yeah. I got to go into the bends as hard as I wanted. Oh and my god, he hit a railroad so hard today. I'm pretty sure he was trying to throw me off the back. It was so hard. I how do you bash your elbow on the back of the motorcycle? I don't know, but it happens. That's how hard he hit. Was no, was no. See, that didn't happen Saturday. Not <laughs> once did I hear any complaints about how I drove on Saturday. I got to go to the restaurant that I wanted to eat. I at think I was... got like five seconds of airtime. Well, you're lucky I caught you. <laughs> And then I got to go to the restaurant I wanted to. There was no, I don't know. What does it have to this option? Do I have this? Went to the restaurant I wanted. I went to a couple of flea markets, wandered around, stared at every Batman item there was, purchased like, oh, it was, it was probably the closest I can get to heaven, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then today we, uh, I reached out to Mama Wilson and Papa Wilson to see if they wanted to go for a ride. So they came down from Hamilton, and we, uh, yeah, we rode all over the place, followed the coastline. Yeah, you've got you've got quite the raccoon look going on right now. Um, it's better than the strawberry look you got. Going <laughs> on. It was so nice out today. So nice. It was like twenty six degrees. I got a new shirt, a new Harley shirt <laughs> again because you weren't around to say no. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sure they don't want to hear about our 
fun and games on the motorcycle. Well, they're, here, they're here for the good stuff. Yeah, but the Darwin Awards after your story. Oh, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> and with the downtime at the house, we got the whole yard raked up and cleaned up. Yeah. Got most of the, uh, I think, 40 or 60, 100 pounds of dog poop. Oh, yeah, that was, that was fun. That was a highlight of my week. Yes. Well, we're stuck at home, couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. And... <laughs> started to get all the batman stuff out yeah. of the basement yeah we're now sitting in the bat cave we're podcasting from the bat cave ladies and gentlemen from the bat case bat cave dead or survive what have we got in here you think i got a thousand stuff in here a thousand i think yeah easily yeah it's like everywhere you look there's something there's four walls in here and we got two huge cabinets and i have everything full and i still got another 30 items probably to put up yeah. And that's not including the other stuff that I have found. And I'm still missing a box of well, comic Well, and then books. you bought more on Friday, Saturday. You shut your face. There you go. That's <laughs> where you should shut your face. Don't you worry about what I buy on my Batman <laughs> However, yes. So it's kind of cool to have my Batcave back up and running. But I do have, uh, do have a bunch more stuff to get up yet. I haven't even got the big, I got a big Batman comforter. I haven't even got it on the bed yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Lots of time. Lots of time. Got the Christmas lights up, though. Batman Christmas lights. Yeah, on the inside of the Batcave, not outside. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Your mom bought me those. Yes, she did. Anyways, enough about the Batcave, enough about everything. You got a story for us? I do, yep. Is it a good story? Um, It's not my favorite story so far, but it's a good story. How long before they get raped and mangled? And... Nope, not this time. Maybe next week. What? Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so you got a story. I have a story. You stole stuff out of the yeah, garage fridge. One of your Miller Genuine Draft. That's the that's the visitor's beer fridge. So if anybody ever wants to come over and visit, you better come quickly because she's now back into the garage now that it's warm <laughs> and my beer fridge is getting annihilated. <laughs> and the cold, she doesn't like going out there because it's too cold to get to the fridge, but it's starting to warm up. So just heads up if you're coming <laughs> to visit, you better be doing her soon because the fridge is emptying quickly. Yeah. Or bring wine. <laughs> yeah. All right, you got a story? I do. You got your drink? I do. Let her rip potato chip. Okay, I am going to tell you about Norman Olstead Jr. Sounds like a la da name. Well, there's three names in there. <laughs> yes, no, he's not a serial killer. This, No, no, no murder, no rape. Not this time. Norman was born on May 30th, 1967 to Norman Sr., who was a lawyer, and Doris Olstead. He was raised in Topanga Beach in Malibu, California. Ooh, Malibu. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember Topanga? Wasn't that from Boy Meets Girl? Or Boy, Boy Meets, Meets World? World, yeah. I always thought that was a cool name. Anyways, um, he was kind of forced into surfing and competitive downhill skiing. So, like, you are spending your days at the beach, young man. And you're gonna learn how to surf. No, no, don't make me. I know, right? I feel I have a really hard time feeling bad for him, but he was he would bitch at his dad all the time, like, because he resented losing his childhood. Like, he his dad was pretty demanding i will say that he was like highly competitive in in the surfing and skiing business but um norman jr just would like complain a lot saying that he wanted to play with the kids like his friends or like get on their bikes or whatever right 
okay, well, as long as he was getting outside, then I'm okay with it. Yeah. But if he was just going to complain because he's sitting in front of like, no, TV No, no, it's games, back back before I video games. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he'd be like, well, there's a birthday party this weekend or whatever, and he couldn't go because his dad was like, no, you got to get ready for whatever competition that's coming up. So, anyways, that was his life. His father didn't get that. He just needed some downtime sometimes. Um, he became he became a competitive hockey player. Uh, the skiing already got into. He won the Southern California Slalom Skiing Championship at age 11. And Norman Sr. called him the boy wonder. <laughs> Norman. So he's trying to take over a Batman thing. Trying to call him Robin? I guess. Boy wonder? What? So that would make Sr. Batman? Uh, no, that makes Senior dead, actually, because Robin's parents died. One Robin was Batman's son. I do know that. Well, yeah, but that's way, way down there. <laughs> yeah. That wouldn't have been around in 1967. Oh, okay. Um, Norman lived much of his early life at his mother's house with his mom and her boyfriend, Nick. Nick drank a lot and yelled at Norman, punishing him and getting into fights and hurting him sometimes. Norman tried to avoid Nick by spending time with his dog, Sonny, or down a canyon near his, near his house where he had made a fort, or at the house of his unofficial godmother, Eleanor Kendall. This is all neither here nor there. I'm just giving you a little bit of background about him. So basically, he had a crappy home life. His parents separated, and yeah. he was wandering around trying to keep himself safe. Right, and his dad's pushing him into things that he didn't. Like, it was good for him stuff. Like, it was good for him, right? He was outside and whatever, but Norman did very well with his skiing. So when um, he won a trophy for the junior U.S. ski team, and Norman Sr. Chartered a, chartered a Cessna on February 19th, 1979, to go pick up his newly won trophy. So, yeah, these guys are like money, right? Who, who charters a Cessna? I want a ski trophy. Okay, let's go get it. Should we drive there? No, let's fly. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I find that a little bit amusing. On board were Norman, his father, um, his father's girlfriend, Sandra Cressman, and the pilot, Bob Arnold, who was also a flying instructor. And actually, Norman Sr. was learning how to fly at the same time. So I'm not sure if he was flying it at parts or not. But anyways... They were flying into the St. Gabriel's Mountains, and they were about 10 to 15 minutes into the flight when they flew directly into a blizzard. Everything disappears from Norman Jr.'s sight. Norman said that all the windows were gray, you couldn't tell up from down, left from right, and pretty soon a limb flashed by the window, and I thought, well, this is him speaking. Well, it's a trick of light or something. It's funny because limbs aren't up in the sky. And then maybe a few seconds after that one, another one, and then I knew we were about to crash. <laughs> There's no trees up here. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's not just playing games. <laughs> right. He's 11, right? <laughs> um, he can hear the screams of the other passengers. Norman curls up his body and he screamed, watch out. And then the plane flew into a tree. And it crashed into the mountains. Norman lost consciousness. And when he woke up, he starts yelling for his dad, saying, Dad, I can't breathe. And he finds that his father and the pilot have died. Norman says that he tried to wake up his father, but he couldn't get a response. The plane had been torn apart and it was hanging over an ice chute. Norman had a broken hand. 
Sandra was alive, but had a badly dislocated shoulder and a head injury. And who is Sandra again? This is Norman Sr.'s girlfriend. Girlfriend, okay. Yeah. So now, 11-year-old Norman is 8,000 feet in a blizzard on the mountains. His father has just died right in front of him, and his father's girlfriend is injured. And it sounds like she was kind of a basket case. Like, Norman ends up telling her what to do here like she's not quite with it i don't she had a head injury so it could be that she had a concussion yeah um, or just in shock right Sometimes yeah when you oh yeah shock, your body just does weird things right yeah um to make matters worse it was just supposed to be a quick flight up and then back so norman didn't like even a have three hour tour <laughs> yeah. come on tell me it was like a three hour tour i bet you it was it doesn't say that i bet you it was but, Nor <laughs> but Norman doesn't even have a pair of gloves. Anybody that didn't catch that three-hour tour thing that was from Gilligan's Island, which yeah. just dated me horribly, yeah. but it's a really funny show. I actually just watched an episode on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> which was For seven hours, they huddled, they huddled under the wing of the plane, and Sandra's in a complete panic state. And... 11-year-old Norman had to take charge. I kind of got into that already. The storm was getting worse and it was getting colder. And he knew that it was going to get dark soon and they wouldn't make it through the night. So Norman realizes that they need to get out of there or they're going to freeze to death. So they're still in the plane at this point? They're though? under the wing for seven hours. They were under the wing. I thought it was hanging off of like an edge or something. Well, I guess it was the other wing then. Oh. Yeah, they were just sheltering themselves from the storm. Sandra didn't want to leave, but Norman insisted. So he grabs Sandra by the hand and they start the descent from 2,600 meters of altitude. Norm had to support Cressman, Sandra, who could barely walk. They were climbing down a steep and icy slope when she slipped and fell on an ice chute and she fell to her death. That wasn't really helpful. <laughs> no. She he didn't help her at all. <laughs> no, she didn't. Right? So now he's just watched somebody else die. Norm says that her eyes were open, but she wasn't able to respond. So by the time the rescuers found her later on, she had died. Now Norman is completely alone. But instead of going into a complete panic mode, he realizes now that he doesn't have to just, he doesn't have to try to save Sandra anymore. He just has to take care of himself. So that kind of a burden was gone and it made it easier for him to get down the rest of the mountain by himself. Yeah. I wouldn't say it made it easier for him. I think mentally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's what he said. He yeah. said that it, it was, uh, I mean, obviously he was upset, but in one way he was better off because he didn't have to be a nurse at the same time. True. Um, so normal, carefully starts making his way down through the freezing air. The skin on his fingers came off in the cold, but he said he never panicked and he was never afraid because everything that his father had taught him helped sustain him. He said he started remembering all the times that he had complained to his father and his father would say, you're going to thank me for this one day. <laughs> and he realized that, yeah, this was the day that he was going to thank his father for all of that. So he had about two miles to cover before he would find any kind of civilization. So about for half of that time, they, he slid down that mountain with a stick. So, but every time he'd start going too quickly, like he was on his butt sliding down. Every time he started going too quickly, he'd stick the stick in the ground to slow himself down. He was like a break? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So he made himself into the first GT snow racer. <laughs> yeah. Probably they weren't invented yet for sure. I know, yeah. right? um, at one point on the, his descent, Norman said a helicopter flew overhead and he stood to wave. He said it looked like they saw him, but they just kept going and they never came back. This, of course, was discouraging, but his father had taught him to never give up. So he just kept repeating that kind of mantra to himself. Never give up, never give up, because that was something that his father would tell him all the time. Eventually, after nine hours of climbing down the mountain, he found a meadow where he found footprints. He followed the footprints to a road where he met a teenaged rescuer. The rescuer carried him to a nearby house and called for help. Norman suffered from cuts and bruises and a broken right hand. But other than that, he was fine. Really? Not even frostbite? No. Well, it said his skin came off, but no, it didn't get to the frostbite point, I guess. Wow. Yeah. All right. Conspiracy theories might like this. Conspiracy theorists might like this a little bit. It didn't say that this was a conspiracy, but I read it and my ears perked up a little. Norman Olstead Sr. was a former agent of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, and he wrote a book critical of the Bureau. Then Norman Sr. claimed that the FBI started a claim to discredit him, so he sued the Bureau. He then settled the lawsuit against the Bureau and collected $10,000 in legal fees, and the FBI promised to purge his personal file of any improper material. So I'm not saying, I'm just... Kind of oh, saying. So they purged it all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's all taken yeah. care of. Yeah. Anyways, that is the story of Norman, Norman Olstead Jr., 11 year old adrenaline junkie, climbs down a mountain after a plane crash. So now, by us telling this story and opening it back up, is the FBI going to look we're not even in the United States. That means yeah. we, we could be in CIA territory. That's true, yes. Right? Yeah. Oh, boy. What have you done? <laughs> That's not good. No. Like, didn't that seems odd to me, does it not to you a little bit? I guess. I mean, there's a whole lot of things that seem odd, and sometimes when you get into it, you could really get into... Yeah. I'm surprised that he was even allowed to write a book about being in the FBI. Uh, yeah, I guess it probably depends on what it was actually about. Did you get the book and read it? No, I what sure did But it said it was. It said that it was about being part of the FBI and like some of them. It said like um, how the, they made mistakes or whatever. It was like it was saying bad things about the FBI about when when he worked for them. It was saying bad things. Yeah, but is it bad things like oh they screwed up a case this way or they mishandled uh, information or. Yeah, they, they shouldn't have killed the, you know, JFK. Yeah, which, you know, I'm sure it wasn't that. But you I mean, see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You understand what, yeah. That's where I'm, I'm coming from. Yeah. Like, you can, you can like, say that this company's bad. Or they served stale donuts. You know, you just, I don't yeah. know. I didn't read the book, obviously, but it just made mm. my ears perk up, like I said. Well, yeah, anything that does with the FBI and then all of a sudden, uh, out of nowhere, mm. somebody dies, I guess. Yeah. Especially after they've had a lawsuit and all that stuff. Yeah. Right? It makes you go, yeah. Hmm, <laughs> yeah. I wonder. <laughs> all right. So I had a short story today. Yeah. Why? Well, I stole another. Oh, my God. <laughs> See what you guys are doing because she is not getting any emails. <laughs> I stole another listener's email. I didn't write down where I got this one from. I should have. Oh, that's it. 
that's all right. I'm going to do it anyways. All right. So this guy was writing to wherever, but we're going to pretend he was writing to me. (laughs) Everybody close your eyes. It's story time. Just imagine. Play along. A pregnant drunk lady called an ambulance. I was working with a junior colleague, but a female one. The patient said that she thought she was in labor and she was sitting on the floor, legs open, knees bent with a blanket over her her lower part. There was a small table next to her, a glass wooden coffee table thing. My colleague asked to examine her and for some reason she got angry and and insisted that I examine her, not the female colleague. After a bit of back and forth, I knelt down and went to lift the blanket to have a look, but there was a sudden crash. My colleague had put her foot through the glass table and was standing on the patient's hand, which had a huge knife in it. Turns out she wanted to stab a paramedic. And when we turned up, she chose me. What? I'm just going to wait. No, not a doctor, not a nurse. I'm going after a paramedic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My colleague saw it just in time and saved my life. The patient already had several children who were in care and had fetal alcohol syndrome. I was asked for a statement when the baby was born and it was also taken into care. She got away with the premeditated attempted murder on grounds of mental health. Yes, that's my story. That's where it ends. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good thing that his colleague was watching and it's a good thing that she did it under a glass table and not under something that would have hit her hand better or else he would have been pooched. Yes. Well, I'm so glad he wrote in with that story for you. It was nice. If anybody else would like to write in with a story, they could do that and I'll read it too. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. See what you guys have turned her into. Somebody else out there other than Michelle must have a story. It doesn't have to be about murder either because that's all I seem to find when I'm stealing stories is, is attempted murders. Maybe that's because that's all you look for. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you know this or not. There's this uh, search engine called Google, yeah. and if you put in like "survive a car accident," I'm sure you would find a car accident without seeing murder. These ones are good. Because <laughs> yeah. murder sells just like sex and alcohol and Well, I guess if that's all you're going to give us, that's all I got. I have to fill in the rest. You sure do. Well, that's not very good. I don't have very long stories either. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll, it'll work out in the wash. It'll be fine. Well, you're just going to have to ramble on about a bunch of stuff and make up some time. <laughs> Can we go back and talk about Isn't, isn't that what we do, like, every week? Uh, you ramble. I come up with important <laughs> oh. statistics and information and background <laughs> research on the stuff that you're talking about. And if I don't know what you're talking about, I put a laptop in front of me and I try to figure out what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> Anyways. So, do you remember a long time ago, way back at the beginning of this podcast, months and months and months ago, I did a story about a gentleman that was out on his ski do. Yes, I do. But hold on, before we... I just wanted to say, because you've already touched on this a little bit, this is our six-month anniversary. Today? Tomorrow. Tomorrow is six months? Yeah. We've been doing this for six yeah. months? Do I get to buy myself a present? You did yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Sorry, Carrie. I just well, I'm, happy six months to us. Yes. You don't think that should have been done at the beginning, maybe? Like, hey, well, six I mean, months. It works when it works. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> now I don't remember. Oh yes, sorry. So remember, and he he took the booster cables out in the water. I remember. Yep. Yes. Okay. So similar story. Okay. A Johnny in the Ukraine on May 25th, 1999, um, he was a fisherman and he electrocuted himself while fishing. How, how did he do that? Well, he was at the, okay, I don't even know how to pronounce this, Terra Belay. It's T-E-R-E-B-L-Y-A. Sure, sounds right. Terra Belay. So, Terra Belay River. So... Johnny, who was 43, connected cables to the main power of his house. In a boat? No, his house. Oh, okay. He you said he was fishing. Oh, okay. So he, he was like... have a house by the water. Honey. Right, okay. He was That's on... allowed. <laughs> I was picturing him in a boat. <laughs> okay. Well, get out of the boat. I'm out of the boat. I'm on a dock. He's at his house. <laughs> he's, he's taking and wiring main power from his house okay uh and then he trailed the ends into the river was he trying to fry the fish yes so this electric shock killed the fish which floated belly up to the top of the water uh-huh then he decided to wade into the water himself he didn't take the nope this is whether Darwin it was. Oh my God! Sometimes though, but sometimes. <laughs> it's so he just, waited in to collect no, the fish. Like I can't. I, how yeah. do you even wrap your head around that? You're collecting to remove the wide wire, and tragically so suffer he was, the same fate okay. as the fish. Give him the benefit of you the doubt. Let me finish my story. You I know. That? I know. <laughs> but for a moment, it was. I mean, it worked. He had a. He had an idea to get a bunch of fish, and it worked. He was smart enough to do that. And then he fucking walks into the river. Language. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Here's another question. If he was going to walk into the river, why wouldn't he have like rubber waders on too, right? At least then like, that would, you know, I mean like act as a barrier or something. Yeah. I don't. Like, I just can't wrap my head around it. Yes. So here's a, here's another one. So this is, this is kind of tied into it. So that's why yeah. I brought okay. it in. So, um, again, um, a man was fishing. For a morning meal, this was to commemorate the first anniversary of his mother-in-law's death. Oh, God. So I don't know if he was celebrating or if he was mourning. <laughs> However, <laughs> on January 9th, uh, the China Post reported that a 23-year-old Ping Tung man, Johnny, mm -hmm. died after eating fish that he poisoned. What? Yes. Did okay, why did he poison the fish to kill it? So they were in the nearby ditch, yeah. The fish were in the nearby in a thing there, so he thought that he would put chemicals in the water to kill the fish, and then that way he could take them out and eat them, not thinking that the chemicals would go into his own oh bloodstream. Oh my god, what is it with fishermen? <laughs> like, how desperate? Like, like, I don't know about I, I think used it's to the, do mercury. It. <laughs> the mercury, the mercury from the fish in the water. I don't know what it is. All I know. <laughs> Never worked anyway. Never once, you know, like, I picture that um, 
remember Crocodile Dundee too? Yeah. He's out in the bay and he's lighting off. Oh, the dynamite. dynamite. Yeah. Out of the water <laughs> yeah. And like, just get a fishing pole and a hook. Why? Yeah, I don't. Why? I don't know. I don't know what's going on with fishermen, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, rent a boat. <laughs> Do what we did. Like last summer, we took a buddy of ours out for a fishing trip, and we just chartered a boat. We, you know, yeah. They almost guaranteed you were going to catch. Oh fish. yeah, like it was just fish after fish, and it was fun, it and was... nobody died. And yeah, took yeah. Power. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, so yeah. That's how you fish, basically, if you're a Johnny in the Darwin Awards. So they may not have won the awards for uh, fishing, but they did get their shiny Darwin Award. Well, good for them, I guess. That's one way to get it. Now, here's a story that's near and dear to my heart. Okay. Because it reminds me of you. Oh. <laughs> Should I be concerned? No. You know how you, we like to do it ourselves around here? Deep, was it? DIY. Yeah. DIY. Yeah. And sometimes I say to you, well, we need this tool or we need this. And you're like, wow, we can just jerry-rig this up or we can just <laughs> yeah. do this ourselves. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you know, this is probably where we should spend some money. <laughs> Guilty. So uh, Johnny, a 65-year-old retired man in Florida, wanted to save money. He's retired. He didn't want to do anything. But he needed his tree chopped down oh that's probably not something you want to cheap out on so instead of hiring a professional to come and do it yeah johnny decided to he had his own chainsaw and he tied it around his waist he tied a chainsaw around his waist yeah oh this doesn't sound so he could get on the ladder I, I'm, please tell me it wasn't running wasn't running then okay but he gets on the ladder, okay. climbs up to the ladder, and starts buzzing off the branches. Yep. But as one branch fell, the lip of the chainsaw kind of caught, and it kicked out. Okay. So then he dropped it. And chainsaw it's... hit his leg because it was still running, and he didn't show oh. it. And then three days later, his buddy came over and found that the wrestling match he was having with the chainsaw, he lost. Three days he was in the tree? No, on the ground. Oh. Yeah, the chainsaw won. Oh, no. Oh, like, yes. I thought they you had to hold that bar or something, or they turned off automatically. Uh, that's what I thought, and I don't know if he jerry-rigged it or if it was an older one or not, because I know when you let go of the, like my chainsaw, if you let go, it stops spinning or it'll spin slowly, so I don't know if it got stuck in his leg and he was trying oh, to get it God. out or what happened. Oh, God. It, uh, oh, so... Oh, what happened? How? What like what was cut off? It just said that his buddy found him in a mess in the backyard. Oh, so that's why I don't understand. Like I'm with you. I don't understand. Like that's all it goes into for details. So yeah. I don't know. Like what? They, like he was dead, obviously. Yeah. Well, um, I, if you're if you're up a tree and there's a chainsaw in your leg and you're trying to pull it out and it's still going and you fall out of the tree like it could have been the chainsaw that killed him but it could have been the fall yeah it could have but they said he was cut up pretty bad like it's just said oh. that, well actually I, I guess it said it just said they found him in a mess and that he lost the fight with the chainsaw oh. so that's why i was going with the chainsaw yeah. I was running, but maybe you're right maybe like i said it didn't there wasn't a video to see yeah or, or anything like that. oh thank god that. that's not something i'd want to watch so i uh did a little research on that 
Occupational uh, Safety and Health Administration reports that more than 250 people die annually from chainsaws. Wow. I guess you could bleed out really quickly, really, like, depending on what you cut. Yeah. And that's like, that's not, like, when I was reading about it, I thought, well, maybe they dropped a tree on them or a branch yeah. or fell. That's just being injured by the chainsaw. Damn. And um, thousands more are injured from chainsaws wow. and stuff. But, you know, I know there's a couple of times when I've been out there and it kicks up on you and stuff like yeah. that. And it pulls out and it almost hits yeah. your leg and stuff. Chainsaws like, make me nervous. That might be because of all of the horror movies I watched growing up. But they like I've always been kind of nervous around yeah. chainsaws. Well, I, I've got a couple of buddies that, well, you know, too, that do trees and stuff like yeah. that right out there. And um, um, arborists and stuff like that. But, yeah, like when um, Garrett was over here doing our trees. Yeah. Um, what's, what's his company's name? Sequoia Tree Service. Yeah, Sequoia Tree Service. So if you need any trees, yeah. I can reach out to them. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, him being up there, but he's the same thing. He's got the chainsaw hanging beside him, right? Yeah. But the difference between him is he's trained. He's trained. And he had the proper equipment. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure his chainsaw would turn off if he wasn't holding the handle down. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? But people get up there. So here's something I accidentally forgot to tell you about my last story, the fishing story. Uh-oh. So I meant to bring this up, but I just, sorry guys, I was going through my notes and I was looking at the occupational stuff and I forgot. So there is arguments on my last, so I try to tell you guys that all my stories are true. You can go look them up if you want to Google man dies from chainsaw, you know, cutting branches yeah. and stuff. You can find all this stuff. Same with the, uh, the other one, look up uh, Gone Fishing if you want to get the story. That's where it is. But at the bottom of it, I was reading some comments. And there's actually, since you want to throw your little conspiracy theory out there, <laughs> okay. there's a big debate on whether actually you could electrocute yourself or not in the lake. Oh, really? Yeah, because they're saying that the way it would disperse, like if a big lightning bolt hit right beside you or something yeah. like that. But people are saying that it's got to be a myth and that it can't happen. But for it to qualify as a Darwin Award, which it was in the Darwin section... Yeah. It's supposed to be true and can happen, but there's a big debate on whether. Well, so I don't know. I'm not. But that's not your first story where somebody electrocutes himself in the lake. Right, but I don't know if it's because he was holding on to the booster cables oh. in the water and that electrocuted him. But they're saying that the debate was saying that no, you couldn't put you couldn't put electrical wires in the water because it would just kill disperse. the fish. They're saying and kill the fish. Because it would just go because too far. It, yeah, there's not because it's not it's not like a bathtub where it's all right, condensed, yeah. right? The lake it would spread out or something. So it's kind of oh, interesting. That I don't is know. interesting. If anybody knows or has a theory or has anything on there, let me yeah. know. But there was a it was quite an, I meant to bring it up. It was quite interesting. A little uh, debate on that. So it was a murder. It could have he murdered himself. Hmm. Or maybe his wife murdered him, and maybe it's usually the spouse. And he thought it was, and then she went, "He electrocuted <laughs> himself." I don't know. And they were like, "Yeah, Johnny was pretty dumb." <laughs> <laughs> he did run electrical wires out to kill fish. But it was interesting, yeah. And then they got into like I read some of them, but I didn't get in there. But they were saying that the the minerals in the water and salt content, and like some of these guys got really in depth, like oh, wow. that. I'm like. Well, this is going to blow my Darwin story. Maybe it was more like a small pond. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I just it was just interesting that there was that debate. Yeah. So and I thought I should mention it in case somebody says to me, that's not true. Yeah. It may not be true. But <laughs> I looked it up. It classified as a Darwin for him doing that. But it, it did bring up an interesting uh, yeah. subject. Can you... Um, so if there's anybody else that wants to be mentioned in my podcast, 
uh, maybe you could go try this out, write yeah. down notes on what you did, <laughs> and then if you die, I will tell your story. And, and we'll if you know survive. And if you survive, Sharon will tell your story. Yeah. So that's the way you can interact with our yeah. podcast. Don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> yeah, no. 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 And better survive is being a sued right now for killing someone who won't let them Oh, boy. I forgot the world that we live in when kids are eating Tide Pot. <laughs> I just got to really clarify myself, don't I? Anyways, that's our stories for today. So now yeah. our call to action. Please. <laughs> now, I'll keep stealing stories, guys. I'm not too proud. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you do have any stories because you're tired of Cheryl stealing, yeah. you can write them into Better Survive Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, it'd be nice to get some other emails. We do get emails, so we know the email's working. Yep, it we does. haven't got any viewers or listeners, so if anybody out there yeah. wants to, please send it in. Uh, we will definitely uh, talk about it and bring it up. Uh, no new countries this week, but we're nope. still, we're over 20 countries listening to us now, so that's exciting. It is. Uh, it is our six-month anniversary, so that's exciting. Whoop, whoop. And uh, we're closing in on episode 25, where I told you guys we would have some special news for you. So make sure you're listening for next weekend. Oh, boy. Now the pressure's on. That's on you. You got to do all yeah. this. <laughs> um, and that's all I've got. Thank you. Thank you for everybody yes. that is listening. Our numbers are still going up. We still haven't hit 72 yet. Um, we'll just keep at week, But they keep growing. So please keep telling your friends. Um, like I said, even if your friends or anybody doesn't like, we're not proud. You can just put it on and, and throw it off to the side. You don't <laughs> have to listen. It all counts. I mean, if you want to get several different devices in your house doing it all at once with the volume down, I'm okay with it. Really, I am. <laughs> I'm not oh, a proud Jesus. person. <laughs> but... You can set other people's Alexas to. Yeah, and if you're at a party and people are drinking, just sign them up and hit follow, right? Get into their phones. Yeah. It wouldn't be the first time we've done it. There's people out there following us. They don't know that. Why do I get this notification every week? I don't even know what this is. All right. So now it is time for the ending, which is. The dad joke. That's right. So. Why is dark spelt with a K and not a C? Because you can't see in the dark. Yeah! Oh, I got I one! Suck. <laughs> I got one. I knew it was too easy. <laughs> Boo! Stupid joke. I don't like it. Uh, that was a good one. No, it's not. It was <laughs> what do you call a sleeping cow? Uh, I don't know. Bulldozer. Yay! Oh, you already told me that one. I can't believe it. I don't care. <laughs> See, I already told her and she forgot about it. She hid her own Easter eggs last week, too. It was awesome. She put them out, forgot where they were, and went and looked for them. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Dead or Survive, six-month episode. And thank you again for everybody listening, taking yep. all your time, sharing it, telling friends about it. We do appreciate it. Thank you, and bye.